0: Four seven five nine Ben it's ben Brent Gunning. It's officially the NHL All Star Break. Mm. You made it, Brent. Good morning to you. Oh, okay. I made it. I feel like I still have a lot uh, to make it through. Uh, yeah, we're we're halfway through our our leafless week here. So yes, congr- uh, congratulating me halfway through a journey. I Way don't know. to go! You I, made it halfway I got, through. I got to be honest. Uh, you know, some people will say this means I have a little William Nylander in me. You might not. You might not want to congratulate me halfway through a task. You might want to wait and tell him at least three quarters Uh, of the way through said task to mm, congratulate me. mm. It's just a blip. I mean, just coincides with signing a $92 million extension. I jest. I do tend to agree it's also just a blip. But, God, timing bad for that. But, yeah, I – as you as you learn to know me more, don't be congratulating me until I deserve it at the very end. Because the second I get that, I'm like, oh, I got the praise. That's mm. why I wanted to do a thing was to get praised for it. So okay, yeah. uh, congratulations rescinded. Thank you. All hey. right, back to work. Uh, good Getting timing. Salt mines. Yeah, good timing for. And by the way, I missed the edict. Uh, passed down by the NHL head offices that only the Canucks and Flames are allowed to trade. I missed that one. I I also did. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get an official word uh, in Bettman's veil. I think he's talking tomorrow. Maybe he, that that's when the edict will come down. I mean, they jumped the gun on the Nikita Zadorov trade, which, by the way, we'll get into. Like, there's now rumors about the, them potentially flipping uh-huh. him before the deadline. Anyways, they- I was told actually that the Leafs should not have got in on that. So if they were able to flip him, I'd be particularly uh it, angered by that. Yeah, yeah. we we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's been rebuffed by the Canucks. But anyways, the the breaking news of of the day and something that happened late yesterday, the Flames acquiring Andrei Kuzmenko, 2024 first-round pick, a couple of prospects and a conditional 2024 fourth-round pick for Elias Lindholm. So, the most notable top six uh forward centerman on the market on the move to a surprising upstart Vancouver Canucks team who obviously don't view their first half of the season as a blip or or something that's unsustainable. And they're trying to push all their chips towards the middle of the table. Of course, Lindholm, a a pending free agent. And I I suppose there there could be a contract uh, extension Mm -hmm. in the offing there. But at the moment, it is a pure rental, not unlike what the Maple Leafs did with Ryan O'Reilly a season ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You look at a guy in O'Reilly, he was going to slot in as a three C on the Leafs team, but there was also a possibility of him playing top six minutes. There is zero question mark as to where Elias Lindholm is, is going to settle in on this Canucks team. You know, they'll have the arguments out there of who exactly he should play with, but yeah, this is a bonafide top six center, two-way guy much like O'Reilly you know obviously a different player but a guy who this is not some offensive merchant you're going out and getting to just bolster the offense of your team we see that move happen all the time no this is a guy you can trust in pretty much all situations of the game you know he's a vet he's been in the league a while now this is not some player who's going to be you know too, too fussed by any moment the Canucks find themselves in here so just from a Canucks perspective you know the price is what it is Kuzmenko you <laughs> is a you know okay young piece although the contract I mean, he scored 39 goals a season ago he did. i mean who how's this figured, year going yeah well who would have figured that a 27 percent shooting mm-hmm. percentage would be unsustainable yeah, yeah he's, he shouldn't just under 13 percent this year and has eight goals in 43 games and is is getting healthy scratched every now and again and he's got a cap at a five five or four five this year and next year as well so that kind of you know diminishes or, or i shouldn't say diminish but it it changes a touch the what what the asset is there the fact that it's this year it's next but this is about futures right this is about the first round pick that they're getting the other pick in there so from a flames perspective you know they they clearly wanted to jump the gun on this right there's always two ways you can go about it at the deadline you can jump the gun and think you're going to be able to set the market or it's possible you've now left you know i think the only other real top six forward of note is Gunsell left Does this bolster dubas's negotiating position in pittsburgh does it Make him want to hang on to him longer to kind of you know force other teams to offers. I think we're still waiting though on the clear direction out of Pittsburgh. I mean, what this signals, and it's not surprising out of Calgary, mm-hmm. uh, but they were hanging in and are, and they are still like within shouting distance yep. of a playoff spot in the Western Conference. But this is we're we're open for business. This is yeah. it's all it's a all assets must go situation. <laughs> it feels like for. The flames and maybe like Noah Hannafin, despite the fact that they were like really close to a contract extension at the early stages yeah. of the season, like maybe he's on the board. Clearly, Chris is going to be out the door. Now you actually you're hearing the connection to the Canucks and a reunion with mm-hmm. him potentially. No, that it it's it's a fire sale now Why in also, Calgary. It's interesting you mentioned Hannafin's name because you know I'm not going to one thousand percent connect these two things, but you mentioned there's some potentially some movement on a contract extension there. I wonder if that was the I don't know. It's possible that it doesn't affect it at all. But I don't know if you're Noah Hannafin. You know, is that a bit of a kiss of death for you? There was some hope maybe that they were going to be able to sign Lindholm. I mean, they had the money to do it. And if you're Noah Hannafin, you know, they're going to pay him handsomely to be a Calgary Flame if he wants to be one. But I'd imagine this guy wants to win at some point in time in his, his NHL life. And you wonder how much that's going to... Because he's going to be able to get his money. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he'll get more of it in Calgary. But he'll be able to get his money as a UFA this summer. So I I do wonder what that means for Hannafin and if that was... If that was them i i wouldn't say waving the white flag on re-signing them i think they'd love to but if that was them understanding okay maybe we're a little farther apart than we want to be there's no point in hanging on to lindholm longer to as maybe a carrot mm-hmm. uh for for a Hannifin extension there of course we have to talk about this trade and how it relates to the toronto maple leafs brian so this yeah, is a, g- everyone's this favorite game i mean this is a guy that was way out of the toronto maple leafs price range right yeah. Um I mean they have their own first round pick so that part of it I guess they, they could have included but the two prospects and the, the one prospect who was I think a third round yeah. pick who's a right-hand shot who's g- like going to score 100 points in Kitchener with the Rangers mm-hmm. in the OHL this year I like, got guys got real real discernible value the Canucks gave up what most evaluators are mm-hmm. saying is is plenty like not it it, it I I think Craig Conroy did pretty well here. Oh, yeah. And if you're evaluating the early – something I also wanted to get into. Like if you're evaluating the early career tenures of Craig Conroy getting his first kick of the can in the big chair in Calgary and Brad for Living, his first kick of the can in Toronto mm. as general manager – and those guys are buddies, too, so it's not like there's a rivalry mm-hmm. there, but yeah. Well, I mean, there might be, based on the fact that it seemed like the Zadorov thing. Like, it seems like no one has reported this concretely, but it seems like the Leafs are going to have to beat by a fair amount any yes. offer. Like, tie, tie goes to not the Leafs right. in, in all trades revolving the Calgary Flames. Here's what I think Flames fans are saying. Well, I mean, first, they're like, man, I can't believe we're like this—, this. This closely removed from what we thought was a coup, robbing Huberto and We mm-hmm. uh, Uyghur, uh, for a, distra- a distressed asset in Kachuk, and mm-hmm. then you know the, the miracle signing of Nazem Kadri, and already we're selling off pieces. But whatever, we're there. The general manager that did those moves, he's gone, mm-hmm. and this guy who's who's stepped into his his old uh, chair, chair shoes, whatever, wearing his shoes in his old chair. <laughs> Um, I think we're you know, it was maybe a Rocky start, but like now we're like starting to I think there's positive emotion there if you're a Flames fan. Whereas at the very least, if you're mm-hmm. a Leaf fan, you're you're neutral and maybe with a, a raised eyebrow about the Brads were living early tenure. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to that. I think I've made this point before that the, the last era was just so contentious from all sides of the fan base. I think even people who are the most wanting to yell and scream about these moves are going, all right. I'll buy my time. We don't need to go right to 100 yet. Yeah. There'll be the, plenty of opportunity the, to yell and scream. Boy, well there. Uh, I think the other thing that you have to point out with Conroy, and this isn't to diminish the work he's done, is that it's just a much easier position to be in, to yeah. be a seller, to Give go... Give me your best offer. Hey, uh, I, will do, <laughs> I will take your finest meats and cheeses, please. Uh, okay, good job. Handshake, like it's just a much easier position mm-hmm. to be in. That's not to say those are easy deals to make. And, you know, obviously there's a world where he could have screwed these up in a in a, in a a big way. So I'm not completely taking the credit away from him there, but it's just, it's such an easier position to be in as a GM, the idea of selling off pieces. Now, the questions they're going to have there is, you know, you mentioned Hannafin or Tanev, like those are, again, relatively speaking, easy trades to make. Jakob Markstrom, he's a guy who, you know, they have talked about not wanting to go to him unless it is a... You know, very concrete possibility that he goes somewhere in terms of a trade. He's got a little Mm -hmm. term left. He's got, you know, it's over six mil for a goalie. Nazem Kadri, you mentioned him. You know, there's a lot of term left on that deal if you want to do. He's he's immovable, isn't he? Well, that's what I'm getting at is that unless you're eating money, he feels that. And it feels that way. And then you are not eating money for three, four years left on, on that deal. Huberto, I mean, yeah. uh, just good riddance. You're stuck with that. Sorry, oh, yeah. One of the worst contracts in the NHL right now. Yeah, Im- I- I- immediately. Again, uh, Brad for living should, like... You know, pray that 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 restaurant explodes that he he wh- whined and dined huberdo in, so he can never ever step foot in that place again. So yeah, they have some pieces that I think that's the frustrating part is when I look at the Flames and you know my mind immediately goes to Kadri is that that guy just he should play in the playoffs every year he is mm-hmm. that kind of guy and now. Unfortunately, it seems like he is kind of trapped in, in purgatory in Calgary now because you pointed out the ticket, the term, everything. It's it's too tough to move. Yeah, uh, Nazem Kadri appeared on a list that we'll talk about in just a second. But um, yeah, last thing for me on this deal is that what an exciting time to be a fan of uh, the local hockey team in Vancouver. This mm-hmm. is this is all you want, right? And you can't say that it hasn't happened here in Toronto at Certainly the deadline. Has. Like it, it they, Trombe believes. Did all you could do a season ago, going yep. out and getting a con Smythe winner who was a pending free agent and paying the price that they did to go get him? And Nola Chari, yeah, right? And Nola Chari, sure. And Sam Lafferty and like the yada 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 and down on down the line. Okay. Um. And that was it. Didn't work out. I mean, I guess it worked out if you consider one playoff series victory when you hadn't had one in twenty plus years. Like it's a victory. So I, I, I think in the overall sense, it didn't accomplish what I'm sure the Maple Leafs. Hoped it would accomplish, but it's it's in a in a year in which there there's so, such a such a, uh, uh, a conglomeration of teams yeah. in, in a certain spot in the standings, and that's more in the Eastern Conference than it is in the West. Mm-hmm. The the Canucks, after being out of the playoffs for what three straight years, find themselves in this this spot they didn't expect to be in, and yeah. they're unlike you know maybe somebody else that would talk about a, a slower build. They're they're going for it. Uh, And about a month before the deadline, too. Yeah, interesting timing as well, just with the Pedersen of it all, the fact that he's got a contract that that needs to be signed at some point in time here. I wonder how much of this is showing him, hey, we're not slow playing this. We don't want to win one day with you here. We want to win with you here right now. Mm. And I would imagine for a player like him, obviously you want the organization to be, Pragmatic. You don't want them giving away everything for something. But if you're Pedersen, I would imagine this emboldens you of saying, okay, this is a team that, you know, forever there's been questions about the direction and which way are they going. And it's been kind of swirling in the middle. And you finally have a shot for the first time in his you know career here and i can only imagine how much that emboldens that player i don't think it emboldens him to mm. to uh you know immediately capitulate on a contract but yeah and i think the general manager is trying to maybe uh, indicate <laughs> that that's <laughs> probably not the wisest move uh yeah Elias Patterson a pending restricted free agent with arbitration rights Patrick Alvine did speak yesterday at the conclusion of uh the the trade call with the Calgary Flames the the trade was official and made these kind of cryptic comments as I said, we haven't uh, established uh, uh, ourselves yet. We have a lot of work ahead of us uh, to where we, we need to be. So um, uh, creating this environment where, where players uh, you know, feel safe and f- feel that we're going in the right direction, and, and the ownership's commitment to the players too, that in order to be good, um, you, you might have to sacrifice uh, some of your own ego in order to have a good team around you. I, what I've seen from successful teams, that that's what their core players are doing. Um, they don't take the biggest uh, piece of the pie. Uh, they understand that there is a puzzle. Okay, so ego is is, is a term uh, maybe he's talking about uh, earnestly. I, I tend to substitute that word with money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about pieces of the pie... <laughs> yeah, I don't think NHL players care that much about You know, like actual pie. No, I think we're talking about money. And I think Patrick Alvine is setting the stage for, hey, here's the guilt trick coming your way, Mm -hmm. Elias Patterson, that if you want a sustainable winner here, you better take less because that's what sustainable winners do. Yeah, uh, good luck. And, man, uh, for for uh, three young men in Toronto's sake, I certainly, well, actually, I, I should say two because they've already taken the money. I suppose the third guy I'm thinking of could, could match him there. I uh, certainly hope for three young men in Toronto's sake that doesn't happen. If after a year of hearing or, you know, maybe it's six months, mm. mu- uh, actually, it's not. Uh, th- however long we've been talking about this Nylander extension, I've been hearing, you know what, guys aren't taking less anymore. That ship has sailed it's over and done with well this is going to be our first test case for that now it's not a one-to-one comparison this is a restricted free agent it's one with our rights. we know the history of offer sheets in the nhl uh maybe the hurricanes get themselves involved and then maybe the Montreal Canadiens get angry at them but Mm. really these things almost never happen but if there was ever a guy that was worth what it's going to take to poach on just draft pick compensation this is the guy. We see how hard it is to get talent. I obviously you see Alvin's trying to squeeze him here, but mm. this is going to be a very interesting negotiation to watch. I I don't think it's going to have any impact. It is funny, of course though, not, of course. I, it is interesting that that there's even an attempt there. I mean, we heard nothing of the sort here in Toronto when the Maple Leafs were negotiating with their young mm-hmm. players. It was we can and we will, right? Like yep. that's that that was it was, yeah, it, and it was maybe it doesn't go any other way. If, if the messaging out of the mm-hmm. front office, the Toronto beliefs is anything other than, yeah, we're going to get this done no matter what the cost. Yep. But it is, it is telling that at least there's – there must be some – even if it's a 1% belief there in Vancouver that Elias Patterson hears that and his representatives hear that and they think, okay, you know what? Well, there's some credence to what he says. I also think there's something to the idea of using the market to your advantage. Yeah. And we know, like, look, all Canadian hockey markets are ornery, but they're different flavors of, of ornery. And I think with the Canucks, again, with the lack of direction they've had, I mean, just go over the last three, four five years. It's like from Bruce, there it is to our friend Boudreaux's fired. And then, you know, they bring in talk it and all of a sudden they're ascending and people are wondering what's happening and they just continue to, to find a way, but, they have a lot of goodwill in that market right now. I, I, you know, in every fan base, there are people going, "No, oh, that's too much futures." What that that kid could one day become something. But generally speaking, most people are happy to have the something right now, and I think that's a case of okay, we haven't always been the most popular front office, so let's use this time that we do have because. It's probably fleeting. Let's be honest. Generally speaking, if you're looking at two sides of the coin from a public perspective, they're going to side with Elias Pettersson, not the front office. So take this moment that Mm -hmm. you have where you are kind of marching into town with your eyes conquering heroes and say, all right, now I'm going to use my bully pulpit. And by that, I mean you, Vancouver Canucks fans, to get this out there, get it in the ether. Does it actually have an impact Almost certainly not. But this if you were ever going to do it, this is kind of the only time you could. Imagine if there was no deal that happened and it was just, hey, it's all-star break. Somebody bumps into Yeah, They get this quote from him. It's like, no, we're pushing our chips in to get a top six forward. Uh, Maybe a guy that's going to be our number one centerman. Yeah. We're first. Nobody expected us to be here. Mm -hmm. And the only way we can stay here is if you take less. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna work, but, but I think cool well, on so for trying. The other thing that has kind of complicated all of these issues in Toron- in Toronto is the internal cap of a team, right? A lot of people are believers that and we don't have to relitigate all this, but that if John Tavares never signs, that the Leafs' internal cap never jumps to eleven million, and then maybe that affects the contracts that Matthews and Marner get on the on the second go around. Maybe there's some belief there. I don't know how how true that is, but there's definitely some element to that. He is going to be the guy that sets the new team cap by a good, good clip yeah. in Vancouver. You got JT Miller that makes eight and you have Quinn Hughes that makes seven, eight, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be the other part of this is that ha- they're obviously, I mean, right. the one want- is the most important deal because it it sets the stage for whatever's to come. Exactly. Next. And again, like if you want Lindholm back in the fold, they're they have money. It's not going to be a money issue for the Canucks. They got 36 million in projected cap space. They have work to do. Like they're going to have to bring back a few defensemen and get some forwards. But for 36 million, you can certainly do it. It's going to be, it's all, it's all going to stem from Pedersen. And then I do think he is going to be a bit of a market setting deal. He's the next big RFA to come up in a time where, again, we've heard that these guys are, are done taking less. And I, uh, I, I'm I'm fascinated to see how it'll play out, but I'd be shocked if it's with him taking anything less than the Connor McDavid vanity haircut. It would uh, be quite a story here in Toronto if oh he took God. significantly less. It would actually, I actually argue, it would be a bigger story here than it would be there. I don't disagree. They'd go, "Hey, he well, took less. Everything's isn't? a bigger story." No, no, here I know, but it, they would. It would just be all right. Pedersen took less. <laughs> Let's get back to thinking about the team, whereas it would just be a 37-year referendum yeah. on every contract that had been signed. Anywho, we'll, we'll come back around to talking about this trade um, with our our uh, pal Jason Bukla uh, after 7 o'clock. Um, it's the NHL All-Star Player Draft tonight on Sportsnet. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. It's four teams of 11 players as captains. They all make their selections. I don't know who has the first overall pick, how they decide that. Here are the, the teams. Are I feel you f- like it should be Austin Matthews. I, I mean, Sure. Home? Okay. Are you familiar with, like, who the captains are and I who think. their celebrity partners are? I actually, I actually are? feel like if you quiz me, I could get this. Okay. Well, okay. I think you're yeah, going to get yeah. Matthews. Matthews and his, like, assistant captain is Morgan Riley. Uh, I, I think. I, I, I just have that have the, okay. he's right. with Beebs. Okay. He is with the Beebs. I got that. And then the Hughes brothers, mm-hmm. even though one of them's not playing. Mm-hmm. And, again, like, pick a captain. Don't be cowards. Uh, they got the they got Buble with them. That's right. Bubbly. Michael Bubley uh Nathan McKinnon is with something called Tate McRae, oh, okay. which I, I was have gonna not actually heard ask of. you you're not familiar no, no, with like, the Tate McCride I've, I've become familiar yeah I've become Once you aware. become familiar I'm aware you, it's something you want to be a little bit more familiar yeah with we'll all familiarize ourselves yeah and uh I I actually feel like maybe there's some jealousy going Nathan McKinnon's way like uh, if you're if you're the Hughes brothers, you're like cool. I get to <laughs> hang out with Michael Buble. And if you're, I, you know, I'm a- not gonna lie. Like I had the same so thought. Austin Matthews, like he gets to hang out with Justin Bieber all the time. Like, yeah, anytime he wants. I mean, and this was always the way it was gonna go for Matthews. But yeah, I'm sure there was a moment where he's like, Ah, you and, sure you're not sick this week? And then, the, and then God bless the NHL, saying. Will Arnett, you love hockey so much, you get to have not a leaf because uh, they're because Biebs is friend. Well, so I mean, it, he's greasing the skids for a couple years I, down the line. Well, and as we know, we found out because again, I'm four for four. I do know this, as our friend Luke Gazdick told us last time we had him on. He'll join us again today. Is that like there's connections to the area for Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. Cottage and cottages in Muskoka? Uh, so yes, uh, Will Arnett and Sidle, the last tandem there. Yeah, Tate McRae is a very popular pop star. Yeah, right now. From I'm aware. Alberta. I uh, But like, it, world, like, North America is aware here's how, of Tate McRae right now. Here's actually how I knew she was famous was the day that it got announced that I did the like, I'm old. Who is this? Yeah. The NBA tweeted out, like, look who's courtside tonight. And yeah. I was like, again, I still, I was like, who? What? But. The fact that the, the if you are a notable person to the NBA, that is a level of celebrity that the NHL very much wants to well, be dude, shopping at. So in. this is it. Like I, I like to dunk on the NHL every once in a while, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, it's it's not the NBA. It's not the NFL. And sometimes they, they like to act like they are those two. Well, I think uh, – sorry, I don't want to completely derail your point. But I think the thing that makes it so confounding is that it is – for seven teams in the league. Like, mm-hmm. it is the NFL yeah. for seven teams in the league. But the rest of the league exists But as this But well. this is no joke. Like, that's legit star power. Those are legit, yep. massive, massive names. And I'll, I'll talk a little later on about how massive the Justin Bieber mm-hmm. of it all is. And that we kind of, like, overlooked that part. But the, these are, like, the world actually might... Pay attention to what happens tonight. Maybe not in real time. <laughs> no, Here's the thing. Definitely not in real the time. The way these type of things are disseminated is obviously in the form of social media clips, whether mm-hmm. it be on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. What, what is your belief? What is your hope, I guess, if you yeah. if you want the game to grow yeah. and you want more eyeballs on, maybe not necessarily this event, but people to like have a yeah. passing interest or knowledge in the sport. What is your level of belief or hope that something comes out of tonight that is... A moment either for a couple of days or maybe for forever because we are still talking about the Phil Kessel thing. We are. Here's what I'd say is that if there's going to be something that comes to fruition like that, it's not going to be anything that they've cooked up ahead of time. Yeah, it has there, to be there, organic. There like, cannot be... That's, I hope somebody has an understanding here that that is the worst... Like, it is the cringe of all cringe if, like, you're trying to force-feed us some hilarious moment or, oh, hey, here's a we're trading picks. Yeah. Like, that garbage. Yes, exactly. No, no, no. Like, no, it here's... just just the problem is you need people with personalities and hopefully that comes from the celebrity side of this thing, because no offense to you know Connor McDavid and Damon Austin Matthews. All the like, guys. Yeah, yeah. I, all the human beings. Yeah. I, the Hughes brothers, there might be something there. Maybe. But, yeah, I don't think necessarily we're getting, like, the really funny, interesting uh, social interactions with those guys. But, yeah, don't have it preordained, pre-cooked, scripted. That, the, that part is going to be gross. The dream, which I don't you know, never say never. Although I'm about to, I'm about to say that this is probably not going to happen tonight. Is when these guys are at their best. It's when they're giving it to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Max Domi going, Ooh, "Where's your hair, Sam Bennett?" Mm-hmm. That's funny. And organic. I think that like it's not going to turn into a roast tonight. I don't. But that's the best version of this thing. It's like oh, I'm not taking old bald spot over here. I want blank. Mm-hmm. And it's like. They, these guys just do a slightly reined-in version of whatever you would beak at the guy in the face-off dot while you're picking them or whatever it is. Like that is where I think you have your best version of this is the interplay among the players. But it it has to has to be organic. It cannot be. And like, I think Will Arnett's funny, but it cannot be some skit he mm. cooked up where it's like, oh, Jason Bateman came out of the woodwork or that something. That one actually, because he is a professional yeah. actor, like that one might actually work and like he would... Yeah, but the problem is, is that the other people are there too. Mm-hmm. Like he can do a good job with that, mm-hmm. but then everybody else involved also has to be that level of funny and skilled. Much like if... These guys go out to a pickup game. It's like, yeah, they can look impressive on their own. But once they start involving mm. the others, it's like, yeah, guess what? The brain's not, the synapses aren't firing quite as quick uh, in that area. And, and this just It feels like an actual real opportunity. To, totally. To, because this is not a joke. Those celebrity names are, are real. no joke. And, and All real. They happen i all be Canadian, but those are the biggest, like, the only guy missing here is Drake. Yeah. Yeah, like, those are the, the biggest stars we got. Right now, and yeah. and yeah, if you're of my vintage and you don't know who Tate McRae is, like take a quick Google search. Yeah. Right, won't take you long to realize that yeah, this <laughs> person is very popular right now. All right, um, we'll get back around to 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 that at seven o'clock. But uh, I wanted to talk about that. I love when these things are released. Mm. Uh, the Athletic had its anonymous player poll, the best, which is yeah, this is the perfect time for it. We got a void in the NHL schedule with the All Star break. They send out these ballots to, I assume, all the teams and whoever wants to respond can respond. They got about 200 respondents for just about every category. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go through a couple of notable ones. Sure. We'll start with the the obvious headline item. Uh, who's the best player in the league? 181 respondents. You're, you're not going to believe this, but almost 70% of respondents said <gasps> Connor McDavid. I am shocked. Yeah, which is fine. Coming in second with just over 16% of the vote, Nathan McKinnon, cup champion now. So, yeah, yeah, you you get it? I do. Uh, Nikita Kucherov coming in third at just over 7%. Also a cup champion. Uh, Coming in fourth. All right, you can't quibble with this. Sidney Crosby, just over 1.5%. Kale McCarr. Winner. Also a cup champion. Same number of votes. Behind him, Kirill Kaprizov at 1.1% tied with austin matthews who's also at 1.1 percent and sasha barkov at 1.1 percent also receiving votes philip forsberg okay and artemi panarin so austin matthews tied for sixth best player in the world in this very unscientific poll Mm -hmm. of nhl players makes you feel in what way brent a little like he's a little disrespected i think that when you look at the very high end of that list it's not surprising at all guys respect winners i think austin matthews would give you i don't i don't think he's going to sit here and say nathan mckinnon's better than him i don't think he'd like have a big argument about it but i don't think he'd just want to capitulate that mm-hmm. but all those guys stamped at home until you get to Kirill Kaprizov. And Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And I think that that's just, <laughs> I would love to sit here and get mad at players saying Austin Matthews is the sixth or seventh or whatever best player in the league. Because he's not. He's like, if we're just going to be objective about it, he is not the sixth or seventh best player in the league. But when you lack the accomplishments, it's like, that's what players care about, yeah, man. It's, it's hard to put him ahead of even like Kale McCarr, right? Yeah. Like, of yeah. Course. It, well, Kale who drives Ma- winning more? Kale McCarr is the most, he is, it's funny. I did my, like me, I did this with McKee, I think in the summer are like most valuable contracts in the NHL. And it's like, it's impossible to properly value Kale McCarr because the existence of McDavid and McKinnon. And there's just no other defenseman that's on his planet, quite frankly, mm-hmm. in the way he, he alters that the game is played. So yeah, I, I don't actually, I mean, the Karel Caprizov you just laugh at, say, what are you doing? Take that. Like, this is an anonymous players poll, so it doesn't matter. But if that was a real election, it would say yeah. take that person's vote away. Yeah. Clearly, they're not paying enough attention. So I think that's just it. They they haven't won. They won one series. All those guys have won at least one cup. So it's pretty straightforward. Other than McDavid, and he obviously is head and shoulders above everybody else. So. Uh, this is my favorite question, and I yeah. I wish there was something more. I expected to see more leaves. honestly, on this one. Uh, who's the most overrated player mm. in the league? Because, like, every Leaf player is overrated. It's, it's it's a huge, huge media market, the biggest in this sport. And even if you're amazing and on pace to score 70 goals, like, the coverage of Austin mm. Matthews is outsized yeah. compared to everything else in the sport. Um Your guy Trevor 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 Segrist appears on a couple of different lists, which is I mean, it just does feed the narrative. He is number one. So like other is is number one. So there's a bunch of guys in other twenty six point seven, three percent. But the the highest vote getter single person was Trevor Segrist, most overrated at almost 13 percent. It's so uh, just quickly on him. Just let me do another side swipe. It is so it's so good for me that everything I believe to be true I feel like is being hammered home by the fact that Mm -hmm. Pat Verbeek got there and said, get this guy out of here. He hasn't done it yet, and I think that's (laughs) because no one's giving him anything for him, but it is not lost on me that it's like, eight-year bangers, let's sign up everybody, and "Mm, you can have a little bridge, and let's get you out of here before you infect... It's like, I'm just going to go trade for another center, and we've got a ton of them, so, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. Does does this also play into public perception? Mitch Marner receiving votes only... You know, just slightly less than 3%, but getting the same number of votes as uh, Timo Meyer, uh, slightly more than Seth Jones, Jacob Truba, and Evander Kane. So I think the Marner of it all, he is he is kind of the poster boy for mm-hmm. somebody who gets, and I want to be clear, I don't think Mitch Marner is overrated, but he is the poster boy for somebody who does get overrated by being in Toronto. He's not a 100-point guy, but yeah. we always call him a 100-point guy. Selkie Selkie winner or no. Selkie winger. Yeah. It's like, okay, okay, I'm sure there are other good defensive wingers in the league that we don't have to call that every yeah. time we talk about him. Uh, there have not been panels of, of – you go back to the first Tavares year. his was entire panels on the Marner point. Look how they all love pointing mm. to him after he passes. So I don't think he's an overrated player, but he is the poster child for a guy who gets overrated as a Leaf. Yeah, he's still a good player. Of course. Somebody that is a net positive. Um, Yeah, so is Jacob Truba. He's (laughs) right there on the list as well. And again, that's a guy who has a big, sexy attribute. It's like, we all talk about Truba because he smokes guys. I think it it would have been a big takeaway if he had, like, a Trevor Zegras, you know, Almost thirteen mm-hmm. percent, and almost doubled the second place finisher in Darnell Nurse. But yeah. what do you make of Matthew Kachuk being that high? That that's was surprising. surprising. To me. Well, yeah, and and reading some of the breakdown or? of uh, some of the anonymous responders talking about the postseason run that he had a year ago being a very big outlier, and he's having a good year, but yeah. he's not having the like hard no. trophy level year that he had a season ago. I think that's it. It was just. One year and all of a sudden this guy's one of the top five players in the national hockey league. He's great. He's, he's not that. And I think we can all agree about that. Definitely not. Uh, One other leaf. I'm just looking at the names that did get a vote. There got one, uh, Max Domi. Yeah, I see that. Uh, And then this one uh, I thought was surprising to see this guy get a, get a vote was Mark stone. Cause I always kind of thought of him as like your favorite hockey players, favorite hockey player. Like he plays the game (laughs) the right way. He doesn't cheat it. And I was shocked. It's like, maybe, maybe they're sick and tired of guys like, me talking about him like that uh, but that one floored me to see him on that list and then there's other guys it's like that rookie on Boston like Matt Poitras got a got to vote it's like man <laughs> some guy must hate him like honestly the idea of you have all the world at your disposal that feels like he did this right after a game against Boston he yeah. goes I can't stand that guy he's yeah. getting the most overrated vote yeah maybe that was Fraser Menton <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's maybe like it's this guy is stealing all my junior <laughs> thunder I don't like him yeah uh, okay, here's what wasn't surprising, that Nick Cousins was voted as the player in the league whose face you'd most want to punch. Now, a couple of former Leafs appearing on this page in mm-hmm. Michael Bunting and uh, and uh, Nazem Kadri mm-hmm. also receiving votes, not nearly the near 29% <laughs> of the vote of 147 that Nick Cousins got. This is, I mean, maybe not to the Nick Cousins degree of it mm. because he does feel like truly loathed We're by... True current and yeah. former players, but it is a badge of honor, I think to be on this thing. And the fact that no current Maple Leafs are on it, I think is, is actually not, not great. It's no, not it's, ideal. It's not. I'm, I'm again, if you would have told me there was a category that Max Domi would have found himself on, not that I like particularly want to want to punch him, but he feels like a guy who's a little short in stature, constantly running his mouth. I could imagine that would get under people's nerves. The Nick cousins, you don't want it. Uh, it feels like we could just copy and paste that BX rant from earlier yes. in the year. That's the reason there, but yeah, Look at all the guys who, you know, are at the top of that list: Brad Marchand, Matthew Kachuk. Say what you will about Michael Bunting, extremely annoying, so annoying. Uh, mm. Maybe the Leafs could have used a bit more of that annoyance uh, th- this year. The both Kachuk brothers on there. Ryan Lomberg, he's got a he he has more punchable hair than a punchable face. Mm. Ryan Lomberg. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's why he got on the list. And then uh, I'm I'm very happy to see Radko Gudis on the list. Mm-hmm. He he feels like he has a punchable face. And then one other one at the bottom of the list, David Perron. I feel like he has a punchable visor. It's mm. a little tinted. Again, I wonder how much of this is more... Actually, it can't be equipment-based because then everybody would have had Bertuzzi listed here going, I can't look at that setup, whatever he's got going on. All right, choose one of these to talk about. Uh, favorite road city to play in, Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, finishing number one. Uh, although just slightly ahead of New York City, Toronto... Uh, way down the list mm-hmm. tied with Raleigh uh and and Phoenix. Um least favorite road city to play in? Winnipeg running away with the vote there nearly Shocker, nearly fifty percent of uh of the vote. Um yeah, and there were a couple of anonymous quotes about how much of a joke it is in Arizona, which clearly, yeah, when you're playing a university facility where it's a maximum of 5,000 people and you can't fill it. That's that 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 makes a whole lot of sense. The Maple Leafs Jersey uh finishing, you know, not first, but uh among the the top of uh jerseys aside from your own, you would like to own uh Blackhawks one, Red Wings two, Rangers three, Maple Leafs, four. All that matters is they're ahead of Montreal there. Uh those are those are all the right answers. I'm I'm disappointed in NHLers that they have the Kraken as high as they do uh, on the list, they're the first non-original six team there. I don't I don't like that. Uh and then uh, yeah, I don't I'm not going to get too plus by it. The Leafs side do think have the best jerseys in the league, but I also think that this is like if I want to get want to get half serious about it, need a little little refresh. Give me that give me that Sundeen era with the blue shoulders and the like white tie around Mm. the neck and the crinkled leaf, give it to me, bring it back. So I have no problem with that. And as far as the road cities goes, yeah, it's a joke, uh, Zona that I'd love to go visit there. I'd not love to go play hockey in a university Mm. arena and in a world where all we ever care about is hockey related revenue and everything, it will never stop being a joke that that's a palatable solution for this league. It is hilarious that you don't hear more, you know, tangible, No more. We don't hear more explicit comments coming out, especially the guys that are there all the time in the Western Conference that like this can't be allowed to stand. Why is this still like why is there an uncertain future with this franchise? Yeah. And, you know, that ties into way bigger questions like the idea of the Utah arena. And is that going to be a relocation? Is it Mm going to be expansion? And yeah, I I, if I was a player, I'd never stop squawking about it. But I complain about a lot. So that probably doesn't surprise people. Yeah, you do. All right. uh, Coming up next. Uh, lots of little NBA stories, including LeBron James back on his sub-tweeting. Yeah. Uh, we're like sifting in the NBA creek for gold. Like, it, I don't think there's any huge nuggets, but there's definitely some gold in them. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, former Raptors NBA champion Mark Gasol, also uh, officially retiring. We'll get to that in more next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben his Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590. The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Bourne. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> fan Morning Show, SportsNet 590 The Fan, Banana Spring Gunning. I hadn't ever heard the first name Tate before. And mm. I looked it up. That's her real name. I only knew it. The only other one I Andrew I'd ever, Tate? No, not where Your i Your favorite was, Andrew Tate? Definitely not where I was going with that. Uh I like try and make a funny joke and I just have to be like, <laughs> wholeheartedly unsubscribe, not a fan. <laughs> no, uh it's like uh, the guy from the ringer who's like Simmons old podcast producer. Now he does oh, Tate, pot, Frazier. Tate Frazier does the uh right. college basketball pod. But that's honestly the only other yeah, one. Yeah, unisex name though. There you go. I guess. Who knew? I mean, I have a son named Wyatt. You do, kind of like along those lines. Yeah, I feel like I I would think of it as a boy's name, but I feel like it could go either way for sure. Yeah, it's the first uh, instance I've heard of it going this way. But uh, uh, Tate McRae, a very popular Mm -hmm. amongst all uh, genders, Um, and uh, yeah, she'll be she's in the city right now. She might be listening to the sound of our voices. Mm, Gonna (laughs) gotta be honest. If you let me put it that way, Uh, if you. If you think that's the case, mm-hmm. I would like to go against you in all endeavors in life. Just that's how certain I am that she's not listening. Uh, feel free moment. to call in, Tate. Uh, 416-870-0590. <laughs> star 590 on your cell. one <laughs> Talk about your draft strategy with Nathan McKinnon and how you ended up with Nathan McKinnon. I I actually, of all the things we... I know we just did this, but we're doing it again. Of I, all wow. the things... Come on, it's the all-star no, break. Of all the things... From the machinations of this, of like, oh, how did Toronto get picked? How did they settle on yeah, the format? How I did need Justin the thirty for thirty on, on McKinnon? the knife fight that was between Nathan McKinnon and the Hughes brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and and, <laughs> and poor here, Jack, he's like, I play in New Jersey. Or, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't say it that way. He'd go, I play in New York. Mm-hmm. I have a chance. in you, no, but but Buble loves the Canucks. Mm. Hey, Mike, nice to meet you. Yeah, I it it would be quite an interesting dynamic if perhaps, you know, Nathan McKinnon did have a a long-term mm. significant other. Uh, there could be some tense dinner conversation. Like what last you, night, how was All Star? It's gonna be great. Love see, you know me. I love seeing all the guys from across the league <laughs> making sure they're only eating chickpea <laughs> pasta, those types of things. <laughs> it's like anybody else you're hanging out with. Well, you know they have like some celeb captains. Oh, who's that? Oh, you know like Bieber. And, yeah. You ever see? You know that Will Arnett guy? Yeah. He's pretty. And the guy from the bubbly commercial. Yeah. Anybody else? Uh, I have a part. I can't remember. Yeah. It's hard to say. You know, know, I'm. I'm, a, I'm. It's not my. Demographics, right. so yeah, yeah I do Someone, named Tate, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, the name helps that's... you out in a big way. Yeah. Anywho, should be interesting tonight. <laughs> uh, well, I want to give a shout out to Marcus All, who officially retired yesterday. Got got a, a shout out in the form of a media release from Masayu Ujiri, who n- mentioned nailed it his most not his most notable moment. No, but like just... the lasting one, <laughs> the final moment, really yes. of significance. His parade performance, just chugging bottles of rosé, egging on the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was incredible. I would just say that I kept receipts on a couple of notable people oh. at the trade deadline in 2019 who said, "Like, what are we doing here? This is unnecessary." You want to name names? No, I don't. Okay. But yeah, no, there were many people who said, "This guy's what? This is just like a hat on a hat." You know, Marcus All. He's cooked. He can't jump. And here's what I know for certain. Okay. Well, obviously, the Raptors don't win the title without Kawhi Leonard, but they also do not win no. the title without Marc Gasol. No, he was massive during that run, and it was just such a—you know—it was—it was for a guy who came in as a deadline acquisition he felt like such a crucial piece of the core of the identity of the team. And, you know, to bring it a little bit to today's Raptors here, it's like, you want to talk about vibes and a guy who brought that in spades. It was Marc Gasol. Like he was just, he had the perfect demeanor of intense, but chill and just had been in so many big moments in and of himself an international career. It just, and his basketball brain too, right? Like he literally couldn't jump. The people who yeah. said he couldn't jump were right. They were right. He, yeah. he couldn't jump over a phone uh, book, but he was set. Seven feet tall, yeah. he was an incredible passer. He was in the right positions yep. and could hit the occasional three. Yeah, no, no he, he was, was he massive was, in he that run. Hugely, hugely important to the Raptors winning the title in 2019. So we uh, we wish him well. Uh, LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers back in action tonight. Mm. It's not getting any easier for them. They're in Boston to play top team in the NBA, the Boston Celtics. Uh, who have now lost at least twice on home court. So, like, the possibility exists that you can Very beat them fallible. there. yeah. But more likely than not, you have to be a good team, which yeah, the Lakers don't appear to be. So after their loss, the Lakers' loss, uh, against the Hawks, we mentioned, you know, Kevin O'Connor had this story in the ranger about, hey, should the Lakers just be looking to move LeBron James instead of bringing in more rental pieces when the guy's going to probably depart at the end of the season? Mm. Uh, since then... LeBron James, back to the Twitter machine, talking about another gambling sponsor that he has partnered with. But before that... God, just, um, just the amount of money he must have got for that. I, I think it was probably large. Um, <laughs> before that, it, it's a it's a, cla- it's a LeBron James classic cryptic tweet. Uh, tweet. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's ever done just like the single emoji before, but he just tweeted out with no context <laughs> and could be in reference to anything. <laughs> the hourglass emoji. My question to you, Brent, mm. what's the worst emoji your superstar can tweet out? I think it's very superstar dependent. I think, uh, just bring it back to the conversation we had earlier in the show, right now, uh, the worst emoji in sport a superstar could tweet out is if Elias Pettersson just tweeted out the emoji where it's the money signs for the eyeball yeah. and the tongue. Mm. That'd be a bad one right now from That's a Canucks I'm perspective. Uh, I think, generally speaking, just eyeballs are always terrifying. Yeah, it can portend good oftentimes, yeah. but I don't know if I like if Mitch Marner just tweeted the eyeball emoji. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't like this. I'm out. I just tell me, just give me the news, please. I'm confused. Yeah. So I think eyeball emoji is safest, but. It is so star dependent because if it's remotely contract time, any mm. any money sign, the money with the wings. I don't think this is that bad, honestly. If you're a Lakers fan, because this could you can take this in a couple of different ways. One is like, hey, time's ticking on bomb. my career. Yeah, like th- this is, hey, time is ticking for the Lakers organization because quite literally, the NBA trade deadline is next week. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily mean like, hey, I'm time's ticking for you to to get me the hell out of here. Obviously. Could mean time's ticking on this head coach, which it's insane that Darvin Ham still has a job, considering, <laughs> and some of the social media oh, videos. the posts of LeBron just side-eyeing all the <laughs> plays he's drawing up in the huddle and uh, checking himself out. It, it, considering the options, if I'm a Lakers fan, I think the nightmare would have been the shrug emoji. It's like, what do I, mm. okay, this sucks. Like oh, ap- Apathy is the worst thing you can have. At least this guy cares. Yep. How would you feel if it was the turd emoji? Oh, Turd emoji? Yeah, that's tough. Turd emoji is like, eh, I, I honestly, I, I don't think that one's as bad. No, it's not. Because that's like, hey, we're we're playing like turds. Yeah. The, the, this is, what are you going to, like, I see what you see. Mm-hmm. This is awful. We yeah. can't be losing to the Atlanta Hawks, who just barely beat a Raptors team without any discernible NBA players. Mm-hmm. Like, this is bad. Turd, turd would have been, I would have felt good if yeah. I was the Lakers fan and, and LeBron James tweeted out turd. Yeah, I think you're right. At first at first blush, you wouldn't, but I think you're right. I think uh, you would like the turn emoji. I I also think in terms of the giving up, just the, like, there's the one I like often. It's the smiley face, but it's the upside down one. So it's like mm. the smileys at the top of the face because it's like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't, know, what's going on I don't know what that means. Yeah, that's where I'm at with that one. I just learned, like... Within the last calendar year, that mm. the saluting yeah, like emoji is a saluting emoji. I literally, I thought it was a guy getting hit by a baseball bat. You did, yeah. wow, you have such baseball brain. That well, that's where I did. Your head I, I I, I, I guess it speaks to, to my eyesight. I, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, no, that that one, I that would have been confusing. It would have been funny actually, actually if you had a confusing emoji, right? Where it's like this one. I think it means actually, this. Yeah, this one actually this is a thirty-nine-year-old man yeah. who's contract runs out at the conclusion of this season like yeah okay it either means one thing or the other but Mm -hmm. ultimately we all understand this is a guy who's yeah either his time is coming to an end in los angeles or his time is coming to an end as an nba player which is both like discernibly true what would be so you know this like irks a lot of people i feel like the you know the passive aggressive lebron what would be worse for his image this the like cryptic tweet stuff or the hmm some guys need to pick up their weight like we've seen mm-hmm. this passive aggressive LeBron oh, yeah. or if he was just oh um no, this is not good enough. He's just coming out and blasting teammates and blasting the GM and blasting the coach. Like, what would, because I think there are so many people who, and not me, I think it's like part and parcel of the LeBron experience at this point in time, but who have tired so much of this passive ag- aggressive act. To me, we've seen the worst version of this, and that that's him like separating himself from the guys currently on the team, like mm-hmm. not associating yes. with them on the bench and essentially saying, I want all of these gentlemen traded mm-hmm. out of town. Like yep. as soon as possible, yeah, um, and that's not this. I mean, it might indirectly be this. Uh, and there were some pretty big moves swung at last year's deadline. No, like a, a, among the list of of potentially crippling things that LeBron James can do that are, are, is not on the basketball court, but yeah, just in in the relationship building or tearing down of teammates and cryptic tweets. This isn't so bad. It's honestly not so bad. No, it's, it's not. I just, and you know, it's like, maybe I've just been watching LeBron for 20 some odd years and it's finally catching up to me. But I, I do kind of loathe the like, Oh me? Uh, of it all, like Giannis had this after after Adrian Griffin got fired. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. We had a great relationship, and it's like, come on, like let's try to be a little honest and straightforward about what's going on here. So, I, even I guess I I've talked myself into it. It's like even I, even mm-hmm. I, and like I, I you know I've like argued about LeBron forever, taking a side in almost every single argument. Even I'm tiring of uh, of passive aggressive LeBron. It could be worse, but I'm tiring of it as well. All right, when we come back, we'll get back into the Calgary Flames trade of Elias Lindholm for Andre Kuzmenko uh, of the Vancouver Canucks. And, you know, the live merger with the PGA Tour might be off. The Athletic had a huge takedown of the New York Jets and some details about Aaron Rodgers' handicap. Uh, that is the most el- believable story you will hear um, this week. That's coming up next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.